0: podcast listeners. I'm Angelo, and the j Apocalypse continues.
1: You're in for a treat.
0: It is just Nancy and I.
1: Hello. For
0: this last episode. Next week, Jay may return. Should. No promises.
1: He's actually back. We're just giving him time to rest, which I think he needs.
0: The jet lag coming back from Japan? I, I feel like this is the fifth time we've said it. It's intense.
1: <laughs> it's, it's bad. There's no sugarcoating it. It's bad because you're back from a vacation. It's bad because you're back uh, from 13 hours ahead. It's bad because you're no longer in Japan.
0: Yeah, that's the worst part. (laughs)
1: 100%. But before we get into that, we have some news and announcements. So this is your reminder to get your weekend passes at the early bird price of $58.69. See OdaFest.com for more details The prices are going up again very soon, I believe right in the new year, so please don't wait. If you can do it now, and you know you're going to get your tickets anyway, just get them now.
0: If you have that special little weeaboo in your life, they might like a Weekend Pass to OdaFest for Christmas.
1: Indeed. Last-minute shopping idea. Very good one.
0: It is. Ah. Last-minute shopping is... Something of a tradition of mine, I'm I'm usually really bad at planning, right? But one type of gift exchange almost seems to excel with last-minute shopping. It seems Mm -hmm. to be like the kind of gift exchange where last-minute shopping just makes it better. And that is the white elephant gift exchange. True. I've only participated in these a couple times, but I love how chaotic they can be.
1: I do too. So for those who don't know, White Elephant, there may be a different name for this game uh, all around the world, but effectively the rules are everyone brings a gift of roughly equivalent value, they're all wrapped so you don't know what they are, and then people start opening them at random-ish. There's always a slightly different approach as to who gets to open it next. But what happens is when it's your turn to choose a gift, you can either choose one that someone else has already opened or you can open your own unwrapped gift from the pile of yet to be opened gifts. And then it goes yes. around and it goes around and it goes around. And there's always several rounds of stealing that happen.
0: Oh, yeah. White Elephant gift exchanges are great. And so last night we had the OdaFest Christmas party mm-hmm. for a lot of OdaFest staff And friends and such. And uh, the White Elephant Gift Exchange is part of it. Uh, It's been a yearly tradition. And so I put on this pile of gifts a white elephant teapot.
1: A literal white elephant teapot. So
0: it was a white teapot with an elephant printed on it.
1: Hilarious.
0: It was wonderful. It's perfect.
1: It's thematic.
0: We went to a stationery store to look for goofy gifts, and I mm-hmm. saw it, and I was like, that's Perfect. the one.
1: That's the one.
0: That's the, <laughs> the one. The price
1: tag is right.
0: The price tag was right. It was five cents within the uh the pay. The that pay. is
1: exactly correct.
0: Yes. The price target, yes. That's the good mm-hmm. word for it. So, of course my gift was, was on the stack, but... Uh, the way that it was set up, everybody had numbers, mm-hmm. and the numbers were randomly drawn. And I think I was the second person called up to open Ooh. up a gift. Okay. Uh, the first person who opened up a gift, they went and picked up the largest gift on the table.
1: As as people do. people's Okay, so it's interesting because everyone's strategy for looking for the gift to open is always very interesting. We'll get into that after, but yes, go on, Angelo.
0: The largest gift on the table is a trap.
1: <laughs>
0: so with this gift, it actually had a card on it. And it was like, oh, you thought you were picking the best gift on the table because of the biggest gift on the table. Ha ha. Here are the rules. No tools allowed to open this gift.
1: Oh, no. I know where that's going.
0: So I believe it was. So one of our staff member. Was up there for about 20 minutes, just opening this gift, layer after layer. Some layers of packing tape, some layers of other stuff. It was just insanity. Meanwhile, I go up. I pick a nice-looking box. I tear into it. And it is this wonderful, large, Gudetama plush.
1: No, I love those. Our, I it, wanted it to so bring good. one it home so, so much from Japan. It was <gasps>
0: wonderful. And because of the way that it that it just was formed mm-hmm. i was like i i must wear this gudatama on my head uh. <laughs> so i'm just sitting off to the side with what is it feels like uh, an 18 inch gudatama plush as if it were a top hat
1: as if it were a sombrero
0: and within 5 minutes a person comes up and says can i steal your gift
1: Oh, that's incredibly polite. As that is incredibly polite. I was
0: like, "What? Why are you asking? If you're asking, I'm gonna say no. You just, you just demand."
1: Yeah, you just say hand it over.
0: (laughs) And so the 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 deal is that you play rock paper scissors to steal or defend your gift.
1: What? You're allowed to yes. defend? Okay, that's that's yes. new. I was never given the option to defend your gift. If you wanted to keep it, too bad. Some You had to try and <laughs> steal it back later. Like, that was the rule.
0: Yeah, for us, it was rock, paper, scissors. So, if you win and you're the, you're the thief, well, then obviously you get the gift. If you win and you're defending your gift, obviously you get to keep it. Either way, at the end of the exchange, whoever is without a gift goes and opens a new one. hmm And so, on the count of rock-paper-scissors-shoot, <gasps> I threw the trusty rock. The oh. trusty rock never fails. The trusty rock is strong, formidable, round. But I was met with a flat piece of paper. <sighs> and this Gudetama... Was no longer on my head, but in the adoring arms of another OdaFest staff. Oh. And with tears in my eyes, I go up to the table and grab a new present to unwrap. Wrapping paper is awesome. There is so much variety in wrapping paper. Did you know that there's no name brand wrapping paper?
1: Wait, like yellow, yellow wrapping paper that says no name across it with a little Canadian symbol? Yes. Oh my god. I need it. And
0: within this no name gift, under this no name wrapping paper, was a no name branded gift box. It said no name may contain gift.
1: Okay. Someone has put a lot of thought into this.
0: I was very enthused by this. This was very interesting. And quite frankly, I just enjoy unwrapping gifts.
1: Oh, who doesn't?
0: Who doesn't? Everybody does. Love it. Within the no-name box were three parts to a gift. There were some adorable little Pikachu uh, graham crackers. There was a set of Pokemon cookie cutters. And to top it all off, *Le Piste de Résistance, a Pokemon baking book. Like a cookbook of baked Pokemon-themed treats. I love it. It was actually fantastic.
1: I love that.
0: I started reading through it, and there was a bunch of things that just immediately caught my eye. The one thing that I want to do, the one thing that I want to do before anything else in the cookbook are some Chikorita-themed uh, pesto brioche rolls.
1: Ooh, that sounds incredible.
0: And they looked fantastic, too.
1: And you'll be putting a lot of butter in it. But wait, does that mean that was the gift you kept?
0: That gift I kept throughout the entire exchange.
1: Oh, they have no idea what they missed.
0: They don't. It is such a high-quality book. It is, like, hardcover, Ooh. large, glossy photos of all of the not all of the recipes but most of the recipes some great art in there and mm-hmm. just completely pokemon themed
1: i love it cuz yeah, that yeah. that means that means that it's like a like it it fits that um that mental image that i have of a kitchen tome yes it's very high quality like you said it's hefty it's hard cover bound it's uh like, glossy paint. Like, that's just that's just the, the kitchen tome formula. And then, of course, you mix that with Pokemon, and it's just like, oh, that's precious. Who would want this?
0: Exactly. I think the only way to make it more kitchen appropriate, if it was, like, a three-ring binder style, so that you could add extra pages for notes or more recipes or things like that. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. it was just a, a, a hardcover, regular bound book.
1: You just reminded me of those i uh, we used to have them in the libraries at school and like select offices that I've worked in in the past, but it's like a plastic multi ring binding mechanism with all these hooks that like pull all of them open and then you 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 gotta have like a specific kind of hole puncher that punches like twenty oval holes down the side of a page and and those things those those plastic ring binders I feel like. Those are a really good stand-in for exactly what you're saying.
0: Interesting. I don't think I've seen something like that before.
1: Cuz like, you remember in school we had duotanks, right? We had like of the three the three metal arms that you bend and unbend and you you sort of just adjust them willy-nilly. Uh and then at some point school graduated and started using these like plastic ring-bound things. So like The teacher would hand out these big notebooks, and it was like 40 pages of worksheets, but they were all bound really nicely along the sides with these plastic binders. Oh, I never had those. Oh, they were really nice.
0: For us, it was always three-hole punch. Use a binder, use a duotang, it doesn't matter, but you got a piece of paper with three holes on it.
1: Granted, a lot more multi-use because you don't need a special hole puncher to, like, punch 20 holes on the side of a page. hmm Just a lot less sturdy. Anyway, I digress. That sounds like you came off with the best possible present out of that lot.
0: I was very, very happy. Uh, I would be
1: very happy to have a gift like that as a person who enjoys kitchenery.
0: Jenny, the former chair of OdaFest, she walked away with a giant roll of toilet paper
1: fantastic
0: like like a what is it one of those 24 packs of like the good stuff
1: Ooh, the charmin
0: yes it was very nice and that's the thing about white elephant gift exchange sometimes you will find a massive thing a massive gift and it turns out to be toilet paper
1: Mm. what was in what was eventually under the big gift
0: oh the big one The big one, it ultimately took about 45 minutes to unwrap. Dear
1: Lord.
0: And if I remember correctly, there was like something that could be used immediately, like a snack or a bath bomb or something of that nature. Mm -hmm. And then also a $50 Visa gift card, which is really interesting to be able to get that for the $25 limit. But, Mm. you know, maybe they got a deal.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Mm. Mm, Yeah. There, there are a fair number of places where you can get, um, for example, like a a $50 gift card, but you actually pay like $40 for it, for example.
0: I don't think anything like that happened. Mm-hmm. I think it was just someone who came in with the intent of trolling a, a friend.
1: Seemed seemed like a pretty good troll move. Like you got 45 minutes of unwrapping a present out of it. and oh, yeah. And you get a, an appropriately sized gift card afterwards.
0: Now, the thing about it, is that someone can go and steal the gift card, right? Right. Multiple people tried. Nobody succeeded.
1: What they were just like a champ at rock paper scissors.
0: They really did get the rock paper scissors just Damn. right.
1: Wow! Good job. Which, good
0: for them. They put the work in. <laughs>
1: yeah. Holy. So okay, let's talk about white white elephant strat because this is this is actually something that people think about during the holidays. I have known people who legitimately go after things like gift cards because they know that that's a high demand item which gives them a chance to steal after. So their strat is to go for the most valuable or most anticipated to have high demand thing that they see when their turn comes up. That's a lot harder to do when you're, like, first in line than you have to be like, okay, well, I don't know what's in anything. I have the most limited choice. I have to select from the pile of gifts. So, usually, the person who goes first gets one last steal at the very end of the game because they never got the chance to steal. So, uh, they can either choose to steal or to say, no, I'm happy with my gift. But... If you're, like, a long conner, if you have held on to a gift card that you personally don't want by the end of the game because you're, you're banking on that first person to steal from you, and then you get, like, first dibs and, like, irrevocable dibs on stealing a gift, Of course, this is strat for when you're not allowed to defend your gift, because all of the times I've played, you weren't allowed to defend someone trying to steal your gift that you currently have in your hands. So at the end of the game, if you have the one most sought after gift card, chances are high you'll get stolen from and then you get to get what you want. But only if, only if you have the, the thing that the person who went first wants.
0: Fair. Fair. That is some high-level thinking on it.
1: Some people will spend the entire game trying to guess. It's like, okay, Angelo went first. What do we think Angelo wants? I'm going to try and steal for that. But then there's always the game of did you hang on to it? Because if you don't get to hang on to it, by the time it's Angelo's turn to do the last round of stealing, maybe he doesn't want what you have because someone else has it now.
0: Oh, my God.
1: Okay, so here's the other thing just because you chose a gift that someone else else might want doesn't mean it's actually what you wanted. So if you're stuck trying a meta game and you fail at the meta at the meta um, betting or the, the the probability game or the the test of just how much you know your friends, you might get stuck with something that you don't want. So at the mm. end of the at the end of the game. So one time we did White Elephant and uh, a friend of mine, whom I haven't seen in very many years, and I miss him dearly, but he stole and tried desperately to hang on to a $50 Starbucks gift card. He hates Starbucks coffee, but he (laughs) desperately hung on to it because he wanted someone to steal it from him, and then he would get the thing he wanted, which was a very fancy pocket knife. But because he hung on to it so hard, the person who went first – was a nice person who went, oh, you really wanted that. Well, I'm going to let you keep it. I actually just want this other thing. And so he didn't end up getting stolen from. And so he was now stuck with a $50 gift card to something that he doesn't actually need or use or whatever. And so at the end of the game, he was just kind of like going around and being like, does anybody want to trade me for this? So it was very funny. Everyone was super shocked. They were like, why do you want to trade it? You spent the whole game trying to keep it. Because he he would have that stolen from him, and then he would steal it back, like oh my on the God. next on the next turn that he got. Because if you're really lucky and you pick up a gift that also ends up being you know stolen from you, then you have a chance to steal the gift card back. So he spent a lot of the game stealing the gift card back, and so the last person was like, "Oh, but you really want to keep it because you kept stealing it back." So I'm gonna let you keep it. I don't want it, and he was like, "Shit." <laughs> That's this is hilarious. what happens when you play with people who are playing to the spirit of the game, because the people who play to the spirit of the game are trying to figure out what they want to keep or, you know, that they want to walk away from the game with, not trying to metagame to be like, I want to be stolen from so that I can get the thing that I
0: want. I definitely was not metagaming that hard, not even close.
1: I don't metagame when I play White Elephant. Like, just just go for things that you
0: want. When uh, When I got stolen from... And so when you do get stolen from, you have the choice to steal from someone else mm-hmm. or go and open another present. And so because it was still fairly early in the in the game, there wasn't that many presents opened yet for me to steal from. So it was obvious, oh, I should go open up a new present. But quite frankly, I just love opening presents. I love If given the choice presents. between going and taking something from someone versus like unwrapping a box, I'm like, oh my god, a mystery box. It could be anything. I know. It could be that thing that that person over there is holding. You know how much I've wanted one of those. Let's open the box.
1: That's (laughs) totally me. So I have discovered in the course of this conversation that Angelo and I just play this game the same. Because I do the same thing. I look around and I'm like, no, I want to take my chances and open a box that hasn't been opened. What if it's even better than everything that's already out?
0: Exactly. Like... I was very happy with the Pokemon cookbook that I got. I was thrilled with it.
1: Had someone
0: stolen it from me, it wouldn't have mattered. I could have opened something else. I could have stolen from someone else. Uh, And maybe I would have gotten something nicer. Maybe I would have gotten something that I wouldn't have enjoyed as much. But it was just such a fun game. It was great.
1: I love that you're always going to have someone who brings troll, like a troll present. Oh, yeah. Like you're always going to get a handful of gift cards because gift cards are truly versatile. You get to spend it wherever you want. Well, wherever the store is for it. But you get to spend it on what you want uh, from that place. That's great. And I love that it's always – there's always someone who brings a gift card. I've only been in one game ever where someone said no gift cards were allowed. Okay. And – The quality of the presents that were brought were, you know, they they vary, right? Sometimes it's a bit of a flopper. Sometimes there's there's really good ones. Uh, And then sometimes they're just really niche ones. Like, for example, someone once brought an entire box of nail polish. The box was hefty as heck. They packed it really, really well. So when you were just, like, lifting the box, you were like, oh, my God, this is heavy. What is in here? Open it up. And, like, the person opening it up was a guy. He doesn't really have a whole lot of interest in nail polish, but... You know what he's going to do is he's going to bring that home for his girlfriend.
0: (laughs) Ah.
1: Like, so he didn't actually want to keep it for himself, but he did want to keep it. Like, someone stole it from him and he stole it back because he knew someone who would truly enjoy it. Nice. So, like, sometimes you just get a niche gift and you're like, oh, I know who that's perfect for. I'm taking it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. No one says that you have to be the person who keeps and enjoys the gift if you get a box of nail polish and you might be like some gruff 45 year old uh mechanic dude whose normal natural nail polish is the motor oil you dip your fingers in every day mm. uh, that nail polish can absolutely go to a wife a girlfriend a significant other
1: who knows? A younger sibling, an older sibling, just Games. anyone in your life that you love that's going to enjoy a giant box of very high-quality nail polish.
0: Exactly. That is and that is so cool.
1: That sounds like fun. I'm sad I missed the party this year.
0: Oh, it would have been nice.
1: Yeah, I it worked, been nice. so I couldn't get out of that. But... Unlucky. Yeah, it's it's better that I didn't sign up for a bunch of things, look forward to it, and then not go.
0: <laughs> yes. But I heard you did get to go to Zoo Lights.
1: I did get to go to Zoo Lights. Uh, so my coworkers and I, we went to Zoo Lights together because we wanted to do something that wasn't quite the same as all the other team building stuff that that gets done these days, so like Fair. escape rooms. Escape rooms are fun. We've done a lot of them though. So in the spirit of doing something a little more seasonal, a little more outsidey, not necessarily outdoorsy, but outsidey. Uh, I decided to go for the 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 Zoolites feast tickets. So for this oh. one, you actually get to go to Kitamba Cafe. And they have a separate room set up for you where you get to sit. Uh, and then there is a catered buffet. And they had a very nice spread of food. Those are yes. some of the best buns I have ever had. They were like spongy they were squishy they were soft they were very fresh they buttered oh they were so good they had beef bourgeois they had turkey pot pie they had all kinds of things they had like a really nice roasted squash broccolini like it was just a really nice spread of buffet um everyone went up for seconds And, and then they had a separate dessert table and then, you know, because you're kind of in your own space, it feels a little bit less frantic than being in the rest of the cafeteria with everybody else and, and going through the lineup over there. It was nice. Um, they had like hot drinks for you everywhere. Uh, and then, you know, we went outside after we were done eating and then we, we, we just sort of like took a left and just started looping through the entire zoo. Those were some of the nicest lights I've seen and they've made them very, very modern.
0: Yeah. Uh, I want to say that our zoo lights experience was almost identical. So I was able to go to zoo lights. This is the first time that I've gone to zoo lights at the end of November, along with Dio for their, one of their corporate, uh, Christmas parties. Mm-hmm. And so once again we also had the catered buffet at the zoo. It was so good. They had roast beef there. They had like some some uh salmon as well, some potatoes, some ravioli, a whole bunch of stuff. Oh my god, the food that they have there for catering is ridiculously good.
1: Yeah, it is some of the best catered event spaces. That I've seen. And then, of course, you get to go walk dinner off afterwards because you go go see all the zoo lights, right?
0: Yeah. Now, of course, because it is cold out and because for us it's at night, none of the animals are really out and about. Uh, there's nothing for the animals to see. It is mostly about the lights. hmm But the lights, the way they have it set up, are so cool. Like, they'll have specific areas of lights explicitly made for, like, photos or things of that yeah. nature. Yeah. I remember there was one set of lights where there were a bunch of uh, African animal sculptures, like there was, I believe, a hippo, a rhino, and a yeah. lion, all beside each other in an area where it was explicitly set up. Yeah, it was
1: a, a big sign that actually says "photo op." You're like, "Thank you, that's very nice of you," and it's yeah. like set off to the side, so it's off the path, and you're not like blocking traffic.
0: Oh, they also had like big fire pits yes. everywhere for you to warm up by. Oh, it was so good.
1: The smell of wood fire just all throughout the zoo was just really nice. I imagine it must be a little bit distressing to some of the animals.
0: Maybe, but because a lot of them are either inside or sleeping at the time, maybe it's not that big of a deal.
1: I hope that's what it is. But yeah, I imagine that a lot of animals probably don't have a very nice response to the smell of fire, especially if they know they're in an enclosure.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. I feel like the ones that the Calgary Zoo would at least be used to it after every summer we've had for the last few years.
1: Yep, unfortunate but true.
0: Were you able to go down the one path in Zoo Lights where it was all projected on the ground in these spinning, swirling circles of blue and purple?
1: I loved that walkway because the the projector lit walkway was a ton of fun. Like it, it just it looked really lovely and very like pseudo sci fi. It
0: was very interesting, and... Uh,
1: all of our walkways should all be lit this way.
0: <laughs> I almost fell off of it.
1: Oh, <laughs> <gasps> no way! Because I
0: couldn't exactly see where the walkway ended, I stepped off of the side of it and started falling to the right, and I almost took Dio with me.
1: <laughs> oh, no! Oh, my gosh! Okay, well, I'm I'm glad you didn't, like, hurt anything, didn't hopefully twist anything.
0: No, no, we were fine. It was it was funnier rather than uh rather than injurious. And uh-huh. uh because I started keeling over, Dio yelped and all of her uh coworkers were like, "Oh, what's going on?" <laughs> oh dear.
1: We're fine. Nothing happened. Move along. Yes. Whoops. Oh uh, gosh. Um my favorite part was I think the dinosaur park.
0: Oh yes.
1: The dinosaur park was really cool cuz you what they what they've done is uh during the day what you would see is the usual dinosaur exhibits some of the animatronics and those were still on so it was really cool and kind of creepy because as you're walking through they also have music playing and it's very epic very dramatic music i really enjoyed it but what they've done is they've set up uh sort of the story for you to walk through about a polar bear and her cub so you're just sort of walking through and and there are these uh really big lit up i don't know what to call them it's like a giant poster but it's it's all backlit and it's, okay. it's all beautifully like watercolor painted and they, they depict a lot of scenes with the polar bear and her cub. And then there's like little story snippets like, oh, I'm a new cub and I'm still learning, but I'm really fast at it. And uh, And then, you know, the story all throughout the dinosaur park area just takes you through like a day in their life. And it's so cute and it was so well done. There was a part that had the 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 really quick very bright lights and those ones the way they had them set up under the snow it looked like it was supposed to be reminiscent of a waterfall and it perfect it it looks just like just like a waterfall if a waterfall had leds embedded in it and it was beautiful
0: that's wonderful i feel like what zoo lights does for me i don't know if you ever did this uh when you were younger but we would frequently do this uh a lot of the neighborhoods we lived in would frequently have a lot of Christmas lights up. Yeah. So we would go for a drive and just like look at all the lights. Mm-hmm. Uh and zoo lights makes me feel like that again.
1: But on it's foot.
0: Just very nostalgic.
1: Yeah, yeah. We used to do that too. Especially since like Christmases are historically a lot more cold. Not this year, but historically yes. they were a lot colder. It was definitely a lot more comfortable to do it from a car. And, you know, there are there are definitely streets, several of them, in every suburb in Calgary that have beautiful lights. Oh, yeah. There are a couple of uh, golf courses that do it. Spruce Meadows does it. Oh, the really? The Confederation Park on between 10th and 14th does it. Very pretty.
0: I know this isn't a thing, but I want it to be a thing. I want there to be, like, light-up golf balls so that you can golf at night surrounded by Christmas lights.
1: There is such a thing as night golfing, I'm fairly certain. Is it? But not around now. I think maybe you've hit upon a new business adventure.
0: Maybe maybe it should be, like, mini-golf. Christmas or seasonal-themed mini-golf with neon lights and glow balls.
1: I'm happy with that idea. Yeah, yeah. I would do that. And I'm not much of a golf person. I would do that.
0: It might be a little bit late to set it up now for this year, though.
1: (laughs) Next year. Next year, we'll look forward to Angelo's Christmas mini golf extravaganza.
0: Yeah. And I think that I actually sent out my Christmas cards on time to arrive for Christmas next year.
1: Dang. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> good for you uh i absolutely failed at it this year i have every intention of sending out christmas cards every year and just never quite happens this year i was like i'm gonna do it i'm gonna remember to send out car and then uh our instax printer turns out to oh have no. very limited app support so i cannot print the pictures i wanted to print this year
0: oh no that's unlucky I Dio and I started to set ourselves up for proper success. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was end of November or very early December, like December 1st or 2nd. We actually went and got a bunch of cards and we spent a day. I was using my glass dip pen to write out nice cards for my family out east.
1: Gorgeous.
0: And then uh, I was like, okay. And then I never mailed them out. <laughs>
1: Shoot. They were sitting on
0: my desk until the 15th. The 15th, I'm sitting at home and I'm like, I should do something about this. One of these was a combined <laughs> birthday and Christmas card for a birthday that happened three days ago.
1: <laughs> Whoops.
0: So I pack them all up because I'm sending a couple small gifts along with them. I pack them all up in a box, head down to the post office, and the post office is in a shopper's drug mart. The line for the post office is lined up all the way through the shopper's drug mart. No. So I'm standing in line for a very long time.
1: Oh, dear.
0: But I get it shipped out. I get my tracking number. A few days had passed. I look at the tracking. I'm like, ah, on route to arrive December 27th. We'll see what happens.
1: Well... I guess that's a good lesson for next year. I think this year what I'll do is I'll just do cards that I can directly hand to people.
0: I wouldn't blame you. But
1: yeah, every year we talk about doing a card exchange, especially now that you have that amazing glass pen that you picked up.
0: Oh, yeah. I need to... What I need to spend the the next year doing is just work on my penmanship, make my penmanship absolutely glorious, or lean into cursive so poorly that no one could read it anywhere.
1: <laughs> there's this certain level of smoothness that like even illegible cursive has that makes it legible and makes it look aesthetic. I can't exactly put my finger on what it is. But there's a certain level of sloppiness where it just looks good. Like damned if you can't read it, but it looks good.
0: I agree with you. But I hate cursive with a passion.
1: I think what you should do is go full into like, uh, baroque. I don't know that like old English script.
0: Oh, I know what you mean. Like the very decorative text that like monks do. Yes. Yes. That. I you mean, considering do that. they were dipping feathers in ink to do all that, uh-huh. the fact that I have a glass pen, I absolutely should be able to get close to that.
1: Yeah, I think you could absolutely. And I think after a while, it'll only take you a couple of minutes per word.
0: Oh, yeah. I think if I spend a good a good three or four minutes per word, I might get out two or three sentences a day.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It sure makes you uh, want to be more concise if you're journaling.
0: Oh, God. <laughs> Why use many word when few word do trick?
1: Indeed. At some point, you just have to start, like, fabricating your own shorthand.
0: Oh, my God. No, never.
1: proper english words only missing words are fine they're acceptable but uh whole english words only
0: good lord (laughs) good lord no never but i remember i remember that i really used to hate cursive with a passion
1: Uh uh-huh
0: to the point where i never used it ever ever even
1: though it was required by teachers
0: oh yeah they hated that i didn't use it huh and i remember I remember at one point I was brought to the vice principal of the school and he looks at my notes and he's like, the fuck, the fuck is this? What garbage is this? Printed letters, you, you block letters, like the, the non-cursive, don't you know this won't fly in business in the adult life? And I'm like, yeah, I know this won't fly. Neither will cursive. Everything is going to be printed Everything is going to go through a printer.
1: And you were right, because now the primary business mode of communication is just email.
0: Email. You don't even get paper in business anymore. No. I mean...
1: Paper is expensive.
0: Yeah. If you do get paper, it's either very important or a post-it note.
1: I save paper for my friends. My friends who are supposed to be receiving holiday cards from me.
0: Oh, no. (laughs) I'm sorry, Angelo. It's okay. It's just...
1: Slow at it this year. I'm sorry.
0: But uh, the I cards that there. that I found were perfect. I found a bunch of Christmas cards with a ton of little Santas on them that were all Japan themed. Mm. So it'd be like a cute little Santa uh, flying past Tokyo Tower. A bunch of little Santas eating dinner at a Yokan. Uh, Santa at Mount Fuji. Things like that. They were all so cute and the art it. was gorgeous and I loved them. I actually <sighs> bought one extra card. I kept I kept the Tokyo Tower card for me.
1: <laughs> I do that. Sometimes I just keep cards for myself. Yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. No. Besides, I bought all these nice pens to use from Japan. I'm going to use them for these cards.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Oh.
1: You know what's nice that we should be saving for next time?
0: No, I'm. I, my mind's drawing a blank. <laughs> I'm too tired for this. I just woke up. Help.
1: <laughs> Another episode of the Odafest podcast. Oh, that
0: does make sense. That would be perfect for next week.
1: It would be perfect for next time, wouldn't it?
0: Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
1: <laughs>